It's religion today, it's ideology today, and our secularist friends also have a faith. Some kind of Disneyland fantasy. I know how this is going to get heard in the secular world. Where the pseudo-Christian masks are off. That's nonsense, ladies and gentlemen. Apologetics isn't just about giving answers to other people's questions. It's also about learning to question other people's answers or even question the question itself in a Christian worldview. So welcome to Quantum number 291, Quantum the podcast that looks at news and views from a Christian perspective from events throughout the world. And uh, thank you again for all the feedback. There's always encourage that. Although the uh, gentleman who wrote that I... Uh, was a far-right fascist scumbag who would be banned if I ever came back to the United Kingdom, which is quite funny given, amongst other things, that my nickname used to be Red Robble. That was was my politics. Um, anyway, let's leave all that aside and let's consider the big events of this world. Now, what gets reported as the big events isn't necessarily so. And I think uh, there's one thing I want to look at in particular, and I know I'm going to tread on some toes here because we're going to talk about this lady and we're going to talk about one particular sport. And that will be a theme that will go through a lot of what we're saying. Swift, uh, Blank Space, unbelievably 3.3 billion views on YouTube. Uh, Miss Swift is an incredibly uh, successful entrepreneur, uh, entertainer or whatever you want to call it because uh, she's in all the papers and all the media. Uh, She's here in Australia just now. Today, as I'm recording this, she just touched down in Melbourne. Uh, She's going to be staying at a, a mega posh hotel uh, in Sydney, I think it's $36,000 a night. She's being uh, mentioned in lots of areas, not least um, because she's anti-Donald Trump and there are all kinds of both conspiracy theorists and wacko stuff about how Taylor Swift could influence the American election, presidential election that's coming up. If that's true, then America really is a blank space, but it smacks to me of desperation. But I think it was Bloomberg who said that Taylor Swift's era's tour concert movie is packing theatres across China, providing a rare outlet for young women rejecting ever titled social controls. So, hey, you know, Taylor can almost do anything. And of course, I'm tying this in with the Super Bowl. And I think the Super Bowl uh, last Sunday illustrates the idolatry and the weakness of our culture. So the kind of influence that a 
pop star good at publicity can have. The kind of hypocrisy around a sports event. So, for example, there were a thousand private jets that flew into the Super Bowl. If you wanted one of the tables at the stadium, a million dollars each. I saw interviews of ordinary people with ordinary tickets, not executive tickets, who'd paid eight, nine, ten thousand dollars for a ticket. Church is closed. You know, 123 million people watched it. R- really? I, I'm really sorry. I, I'm, I apologize to any of you who will be offended by this. But I got to play this. This is John Cleese summarizing. To be pretty honest, it summarizes my attitude as well. Uh, to a world series that consists of essentially one country. Um, there's a lot you can pick out in this, but enjoy Mr. Cleese, even if it annoys you. The wonderful thing about football is how creative it is. And this is why it has never caught on in America. You see, in America, the action is deliberately kept short so that the sponsors can get in as many commercials as possible. And also so that the players don't have to think for too long. They get instructions from the quarterback, who has, in turn, received them from the offensive coach. So no one has to think for themselves. This is the Dick Cheney version of creativity, otherwise known as doing exactly what you're told. So you get four seconds of extremely violent action, and then the only genuinely creative activity involved, a beer commercial. So, American football is played like a series of advertising jingles, while soccer is played like jazz. Okay, let's come on to um, creation science and technology. Well, I mentioned already that there's been articles in about Taylor Swift offsetting her, you know, private jets and all the rest of it. Yeah. Meanwhile, the farmers, somebody was asking why the farmers so upset. I've reported on this a couple of times. Well, there's a tremendous article in The Spectator uh, about in France. So here's a French farmer saying that they are just, they blame the bureaucrats in Paris and EU regulations. Their land is under surveillance from drones. We can't even trim, trim our hedgerows without permission. We've been farming organically for many years, says this farmer, Patricia. And for what? We make less money than we used to, but we're still bullied and harassed on a weekly basis. Every two days in France, a farmer commits suicide. Others walk away from the industry. In my area, there were 1,058 cattle farmers in 2014, and now there are 772. In the past two years, 54 farms have ceased to operate. My immediate neighbour, who's a cereal farmer, went organic a year ago. He is also disillusioned. He tells me that he feels as if he's more of a bureaucrat than a farmer, spending hours each week filling out forms and ticking boxes. Yeah. I have so much sympathy with all of that. Basically, a lot of our politicians are people who've never worked. They go through university. They do political and economics or business degrees. They go to the same clubs. They get themselves onto political slates. They get elected, and suddenly they become experts in everything. And uh, they decide they're going to tell the farmers how they should run their farms. Oh, where have you been, my blue-eyed son? Where have you been, my darling young one? I've stumbled on the side of 12 misty mountains. What 
six crooked highways Stepped in the middle of seven sad forests Been out in front of a dozen dead oceans I've been ten thousand miles in the mother of graveyard It's a hard, and it's a hard, and it's a hard, and it's a hard, and it's a hard rains are gonna fall Well, I'm going through my top 100 songs listened to last year. This is number 75. Brian Ferry, Hard Rain's Gonna Fall. I saw a newborn baby with white wolves around. It's saw a highway of diamonds with nobody on it. saw a black ranch with blood that kept dripping. saw a room full of men with the hammers of bleeding. A white ladder all covered with water. I saw Here, in New South Wales, this happened. Travellers trapped in drowned trucks, buses and cars. Theme parks shut, fields flooded, 7,000 properties without power. And tonight, they're gearing up for another dangerous deluge. That means rainfall rates over a six-hour period of up to 250 millimetres. Already, Newman Bar and Limpenwood in the Tweed... Yeah, we had a lot of rain. Um, and there were some minor floods as well and some cars that got ruined. Um, but a fascinating report, I think it was the ABC, said that sensationalist reporting and social media are being blamed for driving fear and anxiety about weather amid confusion about how to understand official Ford forecasts. Um... And I think that's so true. And the trouble is that it gets sensationalised because, one, people like sensational. Two, it sells better in media. And three, it allows politicians to instill fear to promote their own particular policies. But it doesn't ultimately help. Incidentally, on this same area, uh, the port of Rotterdam, I saw this fascinating uh, photograph of a huge hundreds and thousands of tons of imported coal and in the port of Rotterdam coal imports have increased 17.5% to 468 million tons from South Africa and the USA so here's the paradox Europe's closing its own coal mines and says it's hitting net zero targets it just doesn't it just imports it from elsewhere okay um Let's move on to some international political issues. Now, one of the things that, that disturbs me a lot is what areas get reported and what areas politicians speak about. So there's, for example, the Scottish National Party are putting forward a motion about Gaza, another one. Um, but who's putting forward motions about the Congo? Because again, this week, thousands and tens of thousands of people have being forced to flee their home in the city of Goma, the provincial capital of North Kivu province. Um, the M23 le- rebels were advancing. Uh, it's The violence is incredible. 5.4 million people have died. Where are the marches? Where are the motions in Parliament? Where is the Twitter outrage? 
Where are the Greens? Where are the Nationalists? Where are all the virtue-signaling journalists? Or take Nigeria. Nigerian media reports that the number of Christians massacred in Benu state by Fulani jihadist militias, Muslim militias, over the past three months has now topped 500. Where are the marches for that? And then there's the situation with the Rohingya, who are a predominantly Muslim ethnic group and lived, they've lived predominantly in Buddhist Myanmar, or what people, some people know as Burma. In 1982, they were denied citizenship, and then there's been so much violence trying to push them across the border to Bangladesh. Um, many countries, including the US, have labelled this as genocide. In the Rohingya refugee camps of Cox's Bazar, there are more than one people living in worsening conditions. There was a massive fire in which more than 7,000 tents and so on were destroyed, and we don't know how many people were killed. But again... Jeremy Corbyn's not marching. The SNP are not putting down motions. And strangely, the Muslim states are saying nothing. It's like the Uyghurs in China. Speaking of Muslim states, do you know which one this is? This is, of course, Indonesia, the largest Muslim uh, country in the world. Uh, 700 languages spoken there. I didn't realize this until I was looking at this, that Indonesia actually comes from Greek, Indos and Nisos, Indian islands. Um, it's 87% Islam, 11% Christian, which surprised me that there were so many Christians, although I've had some very positive and good interactions with Indonesian Presbyterians, which are a fairly significant church. It's 1.9 million square kilometers, which is the fourth largest in the... No, I, I think, sorry, I think it's about the 10th largest country in the world in terms of size, but it's the fourth largest in, in the world in terms of population, 279 million. And it's the 16th richest country in the world where uh, the nickel mines in particular are so important. Now, I mention Indonesia because they just had an election. Uh, it's not 100% clear yet, but it's almost certain that Prabowo Subianto, who was once one of the most feared men in all Indonesia and who was actually banned from the US for human rights abuses at one point, will end up being the new president. Um, really is something to watch and to pray for the advance of the gospel there. And then we have to come back to the United States. Uh, listen to this. The conduct of the response in, Gaza, in the Gaza Strip has been um, over the top. I think that, uh, as you know, initially the president of Mexico, Sisi, did not want to open up the gate to allow humanitarian material to get in. I talked to him. I convinced him to open the gate. Now, that was extraordinary. I, I watched this press conference. It was a press conference hastily called so that President Biden could show that he, you know, was not senile on compass mentis. And he, uh, I, 
he confused Mexico and Egypt, or uh, just astonishing. Now, the report that came into, um, that Biden was speaking about there, it didn't really exonerate him. It said he wasn't going to be charged. And this is the most astonishing bit from it. Let me just read it to you. In his interview with our office, Mr. Biden's memory was worse. He did not remember when he was vice president, forgetting on the first day of the interview when his term ended. If it was 2013, when did I stop being vice president? And forgetting on the second day of the interview when his term began in 2009, am I still vice president? He did not remember even within several years when his son, Bo, died and his memory appeared hazy when describing the Afghanistan debate that was once so important to him. Among other things, he mistakenly said he had a real difference of opinion with General Carl Eikenberry when in fact Eikenberry was an ally whom Mr. Biden cited approvingly in his Thanksgiving memo to President Obama. And this is the devastating bit. In a case where the government must prove that Mr. Biden knew he had possession of the classified Afghanistan documents after the vice presidency and chose to keep those documents, knowing he was violating the law, we expect that at trial his eternal his attorneys would emphasize these limitations in his recall. In other words, he wasn't going to be charged because, her, as her wrote, Mr. Biden would likely present himself to a jury, as he did during our interview with him, as a sympathetic, well-meaning elderly man with a poor memory. And this is the man who's in charge of the country. As I say, not that the alternatives seem all that great. Um, There was an extraordinary interview uh, that Tucker Carlson did with President Putin. Um, uh, Extraordinary for lots of different ways. Should he have done it? I think he probably should have, to be honest. But um, I certainly wouldn't accept uh, Putin's version of history, though he did come across as articulate and intelligent, which makes him all the more dangerous. But just listen to this bit. I think you're saying you want a negotiated settlement to what's happening in Ukraine. (laughs) Right. And we made it. We prepared the huge document in Istanbul that was initialed by the head of the Ukrainian delegation. He affixed his signature to some of the provisions, not to all of it. He put his signature and then he himself said, we were ready to sign it and the war would have been over long ago, 18 months ago. However, Prime Minister Johnson came, talked us out of it, and we missed that chance. Well, you missed it, you made a mistake, let them get back to that, that is all. Why do we have to bother ourselves and correct Now, if that is true, and I suspect it is, it's something that I've reported on before, that there was a deal to be done and Boris Johnson, and obviously the Americans as well, really pushed for it not to be done because they wanted the war to continue. That was ex- that he has blood on his hands. Now listen to Johnson's response. Around the world, people are watching that ludicrous interview with Vladimir Putin conducted by Tucker Carlson. And we must not fall for this tissue of lies above all for the notion that Putin is somehow fated on the contrary, he is doomed to fail. Read about it. You'll notice he calls it lies, but he doesn't answer it. In fact, the lie for him is that, you know, Johnson believed that the Ukrainians could beat the, the Russians, and the lie is that the Ukrainian thing is doomed to fail. He's saying, no, 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 we're going to win, we're going to win. 
It's very easy to say that when you're not doing the fighting. Alright, uh, my number 74 song is this. just wishing this Gaza situation would be over. It's just absolutely horrendous. Uh, Israel rescued two hostages um, in the Gazan city of Rafah, but they killed dozens of Palestinians in order to do so. It strikes me that many of the Palestinians are like being kept as hostages, not by Israel, but by Hamas. And then I saw this extraordinary video of um, the main Hamas cyber center used as their control and command center, was beneath the UN headquarters in Khan Yunis, and that the UN were directly supplying the connectivity and electricity to Hamas from the UNRWA site. Incredible. Let's turn back to Taylor Swift and the Super Bowl. Um, Taylor Swift has a net worth of one billion. That's because of her fans and her records. Hamas leaders Ismail Haniyeha and Khalid Mashal have a net worth of four billion dollars and five billion dollars thanks to humanitarian aid. They live in Qatar with their families. Dying in Gaza is only for the peasants. 
All right, uh, just a quick word from Canada. This is a government minister telling us there are no such things as parental rights in Canada. Well, I'd like to say, first of all, there's no such thing as parental rights in Canada. There are parental responsibilities. And in Canadian family law, the primary responsibility of parents is to support and affirm their kids. Children have rights in Canada, and these kind of policies restrict the rights that children have in Canada. Folks, that's where we're going. Uh, Let's come on to the media. Um, Just a couple of things that really struck me. One was that uh, in here in Australia, hundreds of Jewish creators have had their names and details uh, leaked and published online. In the UK, a Harley Street gynecologist who argued that, uh, <laughs> sorry, who argued that, I don't know why I'm laughing, it's just horrible, that, uh, you know, a London borough should be Jew-free and so on. The Medical Council have decided he wasn't racist, he was just comfortable with discriminatory language. And so he, he's been suspended for three months, but he'll get back to do it. Really, that really is quite astonishing. Um, and, and in media, and another, also in media, a UK journalist, Claire Rowcastle Brown, or Rucastle Brown, who is the sister-in-law of Gordon Brown, former UK Premier, um, has been jailed in absentia by a Malaysian court for criminal defamation of a Malaysian uh, royal. Now, this is because of the multi-billion dollar uh, 1MDB scandal, which saw £3.9 billion or $4.5 billion stolen from the the Malaysian sovereign fund founded by Prime Minister Najib Razak. It ensnared bankers from Goldman Sachs, top Hollywood celebrities, and so on. Uh, Najib was jailed in 2022, but still faces many other charges. But you're not allowed to criticize royalty in Malaysia, and so she's in trouble. All right. This is, uh, I think, my uh, number 72 song. It's Mahler's Symphony Number 2 in a little bit of The Resurrection. Okay, I have to say something about sport. Uh, I, I laughed at Messi being in Hong Kong and not playing, and the Chinese were so furious when he next day played uh, in Japan 
that uh, Chinese media is awash with people saying that the Falklands are not Malvinas, they are the Falklands, and they are British, not Argentinian. <laughs> oh, sport and politics together. Eh? So let's come back to the NFL. Um, Kansas City Chiefs won. If you're into that sort of thing and you really care about it, well, good for you. I'm more pleased that Dundee beats St. Johnson, but... Uh, I think my concern is the way football, American football, rugby league, whatever, that people are held up as great stars and people to mimic. And Tyler's boyfriend was very much part of this. And, uh, well, this is him celebrating. You know this song, sing along. Blame it all on my roots. I showed up in booze. And ruin the Niners' affair. The last one to know. We were the last one to show. We were the last ones they thought they'd see there. And I saw the surprise, that fear in their eyes. They were took that. And again, it bothers me that culturally these people are seen as role models. Uh, I've only got one thing from the theatre, a Jewish theatre goer, uh, this is a com- meant to be a comedy show, we mentioned this last week about comedy, uh, was thrown out of a comedy show because he was Jewish when comedian Paul Curry incited the audience to threaten the man shouting, get the beep out, they joined in the chant, they demand the Jewish man leave, uh, he abused him, pulled out a Palestinian flag and incited the crowd to turn on him until he left. That That comedian has now been suspended as he should be um this is extraordinary here's a bit of rita panahi um (laughs) yeah you're not going to believe this city of yarra is where they fly the a romantic flag every year in richmond (laughs) fitzroy and collingwood in solidarity with people who are not romantic I wish I was joking. As a councillor explained, Yarra flies the aromantic flag in recognition of Aromantic Spectrum Awareness Week, (laughs) acknowledging those who experience no romantic attraction. (laughs) Yes, the city of Yarra includes what is considered by many the wokest suburb in Australia, Fitzroy, where the feral left have become so hateful and hostile that members of the Jewish community are fleeing. As reported in Friday's Herald Sun, Jewish residents of the inner north, including Fitzroy, are packing up their lives and moving south due to anti-Semitic attacks on local families. That is from Yarra. She mentioned a place called Yarra in Melbourne, which is kind of uber woke. They have an aromantic week. This is February the 14th. Uh, I'm going to fly this flag, the aromantic flag for people who are not particularly romantic. uh, And that's their gender or their identity. Amazing but not nearly so amazing as this. Uh, If you can listen to a little of this. She had had her testicles removed. I believe if I recall correctly, it was March 23rd and they were left in the fridge. I wanted nothing to do with it. I thought it was odd, but I try not to judge because everybody's a little different. It's what made her happy, whatever. I want nothing to do with them. Um, I'm not one for body parts and all that stuff. It's kind of gross actually. Um, It's part of her twisted humor, not mine. That physical anomaly has been a point of stress in my life since I can remember, and my middle name that I chose is D, 
because my whole life I've been called Big D, I'm D from the D, and I thank God that these D's nuts were extracted and they were put into a biohazard bag and I put them in the fridge next to the eggs. Um, so let me ask you this, was the conversation ever from you, I'm done with you, could you please get your, your testicles out of my refrigerator? Now that's a story of a trans-identified male in Michigan suing his ex-partner for the return of his preserved testicles, which he kept in their shared fridge following his genital surgery. Brianna Kingsley, who identifies as a Muslim woman, is demanding $6,500 for the loss of these nuts. Well, nuts in more ways than one. Uh, the British countryside is a racist colonial white space. The wildlife and countryside link whose members include the RSPCA, the WWF, and the National Trust, suggested that the British countryside has been influenced by racist colonial legacies which have created an environment which is dominated by white people who are governed by white British cultural values, and the countryside is seen as a white space. Uh, the MPs are also <laughs> asking for evidence on the links between systemic racism and climate change. Well, I thought that was nuts enough, but this is better. Animal rights group PETA has called for the end of animal-themed carousel rides, you know, like plastic horses, arguing that they normalised using animals for human amusement and that animals like horses are never free to pursue their own lives and interests. Wow. And there's another cracker here. This one, uh, yeah. Uh, Anglo-Saxons may have been transgender, new research has claimed. By applying trans theory to dark age graves, a University of Liverpool researcher has concluded that modern gender norms may not have applied 1500 years ago. Some Anglo-Saxon warriors may have been transgender men. From studying bur burials in Kent through the lens of transne transness, it has also been suggested that transgender women may have enjoyed high status in Anglo-Saxon society. Do you know, in our culture, words are meaningless. History is debunked and is meaningless. It yeah. What can you say? And sometimes religion is. Listen to this. Would you like to kick or receive the Bible? I will receive. Tome wins the toss, chooses to receive the Bible. Patterson back with the kick. Oh my goodness! Is that a touchback? Can you even get a touchback? First time in 18 years there's a touchback. For the kickoff. That's from Crossroads Church, which is a mega church in Cincinnati, Ohio, led by senior pastor Brian Tomey. It is one of the fastest growing and largest churches in the U.S., has over 40,000 members. Um, their mantra is, anything short of sin is up for grabs. They, they just have no idea. And they transform the church into a stadium or a party or whatever. They have a Super Bowl of preaching contest between pa pastors. And this was them actually kicking a Bible, an actual Bible, into the audience. This is done in the name of Christianity. All right, I'm going to leave you there, but I want to leave you with something I'm just a little bit more positive. Um... So, uh, a former drug addict uh, who is now a successful catering entrepreneur, uh, he had to ask his mother-in-law how to make steak pie. He was then asked to run a church cafe. Uh, Ryan Longmuir, who was a guy from New Zealand, 
Uh, his, he had, was arrested in New Zealand for importing drugs. He, he set up this catering company uh, in Scotland. And he operates out of a 6,000 square foot central production unit and employs about 200 people, 70 full-time equivalent. He has contracts with the University of Glasgow and uh, Dundee United FC. Uh, they do a lot of weddings and so on. Um, I think it's wonderful that his life came around and I think it's wonderful that uh, the church helped him and I think it's wonderful he's doing so as a believer. Uh, the Sikh question for this week is some people say the bible on the phone is not a good bible that's fake but the bible in hard copy is the real bible is that true also is the kjv the only true bible uh, the bible on your phone is a real bible the king james version is not the only true bible and i explain and we discuss a little bit in the answer which i put a link to on why um the pros and cons of having a hard ha- copy and having a uh, a digital copy but they're both the word of God. And speaking of which, we're going to go out with my number 73 song, which is the Sons of Korah, Psalm 94. And if I just reach from my Bible, this is a, a, a physical Bible, it's the NIV. I just read the beginning of it because I think it's, it's really in the light of what we've been talking, everything, the Congo, the, the, the trans madness, the rulers, confusion of the rulers. Psalm 94, the Lord is a God who avenges. O God who avenges, shine forth. Rise up, judge of the earth. Pay back to the proud what they deserve. How long, Lord, will the wicked, how long will the wicked be jubilant? They pour out arrogant words. All the evildoers are full of boasting. They crush your people, Lord. They oppress your inheritance. They slay the widow and the foreigner. They murder the fatherless. They say the Lord does not see. The God of Jacob does not takes no notice. And the rest of the song goes on to say that God does indeed take notice. And he takes notice of all that we've been talking about. Can I just thank Peter for producing this? Thank all of you for your responses. And thank you especially to those who help fund this. And if you want to do so, go to the, the Podbean fundraiser. You can email me theweefly at gmail.com or the website is www.theweefly.com God bless you uh, any comments, ideas uh, I'm sorry some of you sent me stuff I just couldn't use look how long it is already bye
Yeah.